good morning and welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alvazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between tools, we're trying to answer any automotive questions you might have. Just go ahead and give us a call, 499-9526. And if you're outside of our normal calling area, you can just put a 225 in front of that. That's right, and we're giving away the free Agco t-shirt to the farthest caller this morning. That is correct. The fir- person who calls from the furthest point will get an Agco t-shirt. USPS right on over to them. That's right. And only one request with that mm-hmm. offer is take a picture of the, the shirt with it on in front of a local landmark and yeah. send it to us and you so we can put it on the website. You don't have to do no, that. No, you know, it's, it's a just, request. Yeah, it's just nice if you do. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a request. I'm still waiting for somebody from Egypt to pop one in front of the pyramids. That would be know. cool. <laughs> that would be cool. Maybe I just have to, one of these days, take a vacation over there and go stand in front of the pyramids, <laughs> stand in front of the Spanx with an Agco shirt I'll get a shot of myself. There you go. <laughs> Of course, I guess I always Photoshop it in there, but you could just ain't quite the same, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a photo that I actually took, and there was a picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger on the web wearing a T-shirt, and I just kind of Photoshopped the Aiko logo on it. (laughs) I sent it over to Mark. (laughs) I said, "Look what Arnold sent us." That's funny. (laughs) Yeah, it was fun. Hey, four nine 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 five two six number. You are a part of the Automotive Hour. We would certainly love to have you, just in case you don't get a chance to call in or something occur to you later on during the week. That's right. You can always get your questions answered at our website. The address is www.agcoauto.com. That's A G C O A U T O dot com. Right. Easy way to remember that's take the acronyms Altazan's Garage Company. Get you to our site. There's a contact bar on every page. Just use the form that is on the site. That's right. Send Lewis a question. Any time of the day or night, and he'll get back to you within 24 hours. Yeah, and generally within a couple of hours because a lot of times I'm either at the computer terminal or at least I have access to a computer terminal unless I'm on vacation or something where, which case I generally check at least once a day. Uh-huh. Uh, but most time it's going to be a lot quicker than 24 hours, but I always get an answer back to you. And just in case you haven't received a reply from me within 24 hours, just go ahead and retransmit it because it could have got lost. I never ignore an email, so... Right, and check the return address. Yeah, make, make sure, sure it's, it's typed in correctly, because if I get one with a bad address, I can't respond. And while you're on the site, you might want to look around. Lots and lots of good information. Put a third in a series on there this morning on air conditioning, and today's program actually goes into finding leaks on air conditioners, because I think the two biggest and most common problems on air conditioning are, number one, leaks, Correct. and number two, the loss of the compressor simply because of a mechanical device as opposed to most of the rest of it, which is just hoses and calls. But this week covers leaks, how to find leaks, the ways professionals find leaks, some ways do-it-yourselfers can find leaks, uh-huh. how to repair them properly, and most important, possibly, what not to do. That is the most important part. Well, yeah, because you can contaminate a system and make it non-repairable very easily. Sure. And that's a very expensive proposition. So this will be the third of four parts of this series the last part will come on next week which is actually major repairs like replacing compressors and such as that so pretty good series of articles that we put together right they just people... kept growing and growing and growing <laughs> and ended up taking Boy, four weeks to just put on so much information and i really didn't even get into the new refrigerant that came out this year right so i guess that'll have to be a future article but tons of stuff to do while you're on there you may want to go ahead and register on the site and what that does doesn't cost anything it's no obligation you won't get any junk mail or anything like that but it affords you a few extra abilities on the site there are certain menu options that are going to pop up that aren't visible to people who are not registered for instance you can download up to a year of the automotive hour Uh if you are a registered member and Another thing that is coming up in the very near future, we're actually writing the software right now. There's going to be an online reminder service 
where you can go in and you can place a reminder for yourself uh -huh. and tell it when you want it sent to you. And it will either email or text a reminder to you at that time. For instance, if you, like a lot of folks, like getting an annual inspection, annual general inspection at AGCO, well, you can go in and type in, remember to make an appointment for my annual inspection. Uh -huh. Put annual or once a year, and every year it's going to send that to you. If you want to have all change reminders or tire rotation reminders, you can go in, type that in, say I want it every three months. If you have an appointment this week and you just want to make sure you remember, you can put it in and send it to me next Tuesday. And oh, that's it's great. gonna either send you an email or a text message, depending on which you select. Uh-huh. And there's no cost for that at all. Great service. You put as many of them in there as you want. However, you will have to be registered in order to, to use, use that. So Correct. no cost feature of the site. It's just if you don't have a registration where you can verify this is a real breathing human being, the spam bots will get on there and trash your site. So exactly. That's the reason we have registration. But if you happen to see it on, that's what it's all about. Go ahead and get registered and see what um, new things are coming. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, yeah. I got a guy writing that for me right now. He's about halfway through it, just putting some of the fine points on uh -huh. it. But, uh, I think it'll be really, really good. It should be in there in the next week or so. Go on and see what you think. www.agcoauto.com. I think you'll really like it. And we're going to our phone lines with Mark. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, sir. How you doing today? Doing great, good sir. Good morning. I got a problem. It's not with my car. It's with my son's car. All right, sir. It's driving us crazy. We're not mechanics. We really don't know a lot about cars. It's a 2001 Honda Civic. Okay, sir. Four-cylinder. Uh-huh. Maybe they're all four-cylinders. I don't know. But this is the problem he, he was having. The car would just kill. It wouldn't kill. It would always run. But when he shut it off, run a few errands, go get the back end, and it wouldn't start. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Brought it to a shop. They said it's the distributor. Okay. Change the distributor. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the distributor. Okay. This mechanic friend of ours said it, it also has a crank sensor. It which, does. Because it's not getting spark is why it won't stop. Yes, they, te yes, they tested it. Mm -hmm. Okay. It only happens when the car gets hot. That's right. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the engine being real hot. Yeah, just the ambient. Car can be, the sitting car out in the sun. Ambient sitting in the sunshine. Yes, I understand. Tell you what. About a 75% chance that that is, without even seeing the car. There's a part called a PCMI relay, and it's under the dash. It's going to cost you about 60 bucks from Honda, but that is almost always the problem when you have that issue. And, you know, my son kept telling me, it seems like that the ambient temperature inside that is, is correct. more important than the, than the actual Well, engine. that's exactly right, because when the inside of the car gets hot, it, they had some bad solder joints on these parts, and what happens is that when the ambient gets too high, the, the board expands, the solder joint breaks, and it won't fire the ignition or the fuel injectors, so the car won't start. Just crank, crank, crank. Of course, you go in there, you open the doors, a little bit of cool air comes in, it kind of settles down, then maybe right. an hour later it'll start. Yeah, well, sometimes it seems like two or three hours. Yeah, maybe, right. until it cools back off. Right. And, right. Mark, I can't guarantee you that's it because I hadn't seen your car, but no, I can tell you I have changed hundreds of those over the years with the exact same story you're giving me, and I've had people come back and bring me donuts and bring me cases of beer well, and everything that is, else. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, <laughs> that, that is the best thing I've heard yet because I kept, but I said, son, it just seems like there's some kind of a relay or yeah. a trip or something well, that's tripping in the heat. And nobody got, can tell me. It's got to have this for the fuel injectors to work or for the ignition to work because that's what, what it runs. And that thing is not difficult to change. You may be able to change it yourself or you take it to a shop. It won't be more than about a 15, 20-minute charge to change it. It's not a very expensive part. I can tell you, Mark, you're not going to hurt yourself or replacing it. Even if that's not the problem, they go out so much that it's sooner or later it's going to go out. 
So, I mean, if you want to gamble $60, $65, whatever it is, that would be a pretty... Oh, no, absolutely. You said it's a PCMI relay? Yes, yeah, so or they may call it a fuel injection relay. Okay, and it's under the dash? Yes, up under the dash, inside the car. Now, what, one more question, because mm-hmm. I know you all across the time. Yes. What about the crank sensor deal? Did they wanted to take the whole thing apart? I have never changed one on a Honda. Oh, I'll tell you what. And I, and I could have told him, I said, look, don't fool with that, because it's got to be something that seems like inside the car. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm not right. saying a crank sensor couldn't go out, but I have never changed one on a Honda. Not on a All Civic, right. for sure. Well, I tell you what, I sure appreciate All it. Right. Look, if it's not, if, if that's not it, yep. it may be something else. Well, you're not out very much, and it probably was going to need to be done sooner or later anyway, so right. it's, it's pretty you're good gamble. Person, you're the first person who told me that there is some kind of a relay under that. Oh, absolutely. Nobody, nobody could ever tell me that. Well, a lot of people ain't got as much experience as me, I guess. <laughs> Been there <laughs> and done why, that. <laughs> that's why I listen to you every weekend. There you go. Hey, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank yes, you sir. very much. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. All right, 499 number. If you want to be part of the automotive, I would love to have you. Boy, that used to be a very, very common issue. We don't it see did. it quite so much anymore because they've changed uh, they the design. Changed, right. But on those older Hondas, man, that was a very common Oh, yeah, that, that was usually the first thing you'd go to. I have made start. so many people so happy by changing those things, <laughs> I can tell you. Let's go back to the phone lines with Ed. Good morning, Ed. Yeah, good morning, gentlemen. Good, good morning. Good morning. Concerns uh, oxygen sensors. Okay, sir. Yeah, I got a 96 van, mm-hmm. V8. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, my my light went on the dash, and, you know, it says, in, check the engine. And I went to a just an auto store, and they mm-hmm. plugged into the OBD thing. And yes, then, And it says, faulty heater oxygen center. Yeah, heater circuit. Uh-huh. Tank one, sensor two. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Now, where is that? Well, bank one, sensor two, depends on what kind of vehicle it is. As General Motors product, it'll be the left bank. As Ford product, it'll be the right bank. But sensor two is going to be the one after the catalytic converter. Sensor one will be in front of the converter. But it doesn't mean yeah. the sensor's bad, Ed. That's the biggest mistake people make is they go change that sensor and the light's still on. What it's saying is the heater circuit's not working. Now, that could be the relay that's running it's not making. That could be the thermostat in the engine is not working and the engine's running too cold so it's not getting to the proper temperature at the right time it could be a mouse has gotten there and chewed a hole in the wire it could be a lot of things so how many sensors typically on, on yeah between three and four depending on the engine yeah but okay. before i went and spent 120 130 for a sensor I would make sure that's what the problem was. That is the most commonly changed part, oh, yeah. and it doesn't fix a thing. Yeah, people go throw money at it thinking they're saving money. You go pay somebody half that, and they can tell you for sure that is the problem or not, and you can avoid a big old problem wasting money for nothing because we get them in constantly with four new oxygen sensors on them. The guy's dropped $700 or $800, still got the same issues trying to fix, and the problem is he went to a parts store, bought the sensors, and not as good as the ones he took out. Most of the time, we've got to end up taking that junk out, putting the original ones back in, and then fixing the problem because the ones he put in don't read right. But all those sensors, they aren't all the same, are they? But, no. Uh, like I say, no, they're not. Now, is that the only one that says heater? Like I said, no, they're all heated. Right. Okay. Yeah, I just have to. They all aren't the same. So, no. yeah, I have the two downstreams okay. may be the same, and, and the two, the two upstreams up may or may not be right. the same. It depends on the engine design. But the left bank is going to be bank one on a General Motors product, and number bank, two is going to be after the converter. Bank one is always on the number one cylinder side. Yeah. Wherever on, the number one cylinder is on the engine, that's right. bank one. Which on General Motors is, is the left. V-type engine is going to always be the driver's okay. side. What does that sensor actually do? I mean, uh, That is checking it, the efficiency of the catalytic converter. Okay. So it's protecting yeah. your converter. 
And that convert is probably nine to a thousand dollars. Nine hundred bucks. So right, you know, it's not something you want to kind of play around with. Right. You know, I had a converter put on there, yeah, about uh, three years ago in Arizona. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I. uh, You know. (laughs) (laughs) You've been there already. Yeah, the the oxygen sensors basically help with fuel mileage and protect the catalytic converter. What about I notice when I make a few stops, I drive somewhere and turn it off and Mm -hmm. go and do do, do something. I get back in again and start it up and go somewhere else. Right. But uh, but after a while, after when the engine is kind of warm, yeah, it's not going to run that test on a hot start. It takes longer to start. Now, that's not that, that problem. Could something, be a different problem. Totally different, yeah. But it's it's, oh, it's okay. not going to run that test on a light. May even go out if you start it enough times after it's been started initially. It only runs that test on a cold start. Right. It has a certain series of things it has to see to run a particular right. test. So if you do ten starts after it's been warmed up, it may actually turn the light out because it's executing other tests. Now it's still the code will still be in history and it's still going to pop back in as soon as it runs the test again. But that's just the way the system works. But, yeah, a hard start after a hot soak is going to be a different problem. This is not going to affect that. Right. Yeah, it's been going on for a while. I mean, well, like I say, the, don't the play light will all of a sudden go yeah. off. Do you, not play with up, it, man. You'll end up tearing that yeah, converter you're up. Gonna, you're going to buy a converter and an oxygen sensor plus whatever else is wrong. Right. It's right. kind of like when that cop pulls up behind and turns that light on. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and when, <laughs> when you, get that, tra- that, you get that railroad track and that light's flashing, what does that mean? That means yeah. stop. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Okay, okay gentlemen. All right, Ed. It. Thanks, man. All right. Bye-bye. All right, 499-9526. Number, if you want to be part of the automotive hour, we got to take a quick little break. Jerry and Blake, hold on. You guys be straight up after this break. West. Travel my way. Take the highway. That's the best. I get your kicks on Route 66. It winds from Chicago to L.A. There are reports of alien aircraft landing across the nation. For reaction from Washington, we go to Kit Moyer. Dave, Congress has been deadlocked for hours on a big decision. No doubt about this alien threat. No doubt. Well, Dave, my sources tell me that the alien ships have malfunctioned, and they want their repairs performed by Agco Automotive. So you're saying for all these years, Agco has been operating as an alien hub, helping in their evil plot to take over the world. No, you said that. I'm saying that these aliens know that inferior repair work can cost you time and money down the road and taking their vehicle to agco means it gets fixed right the first time so if you want to learn more about how Louis altazan is a servant to an alien overlord visit agcoauto.com that's a-g-c-o-a-u-t-o.com dave you're really trying to boost ratings aren't you uh sorry wait dave congress is no longer deadlocked and it looks like it's thin crust and not deep dish yes people our tax money hard at work i'm kit moyer signing off Hey, welcome back. If you just joined us, this is the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Alvesan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, Tree Tools, trying to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go give us a call, 499-9526. And we have got Blake has been patiently holding. Good morning, Blake. Hey, how you doing? Doing great, Good sir. Good morning. Great. I got a 1990 Chevy Caprice Classic Bro-Am. Okay. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. About 135 or 40,000 okay. miles on it. And mm-hmm. I got a noise that came in there, like a rattling noise. And it only comes in after it gets warmed up. Could it be I got a carbon buildup on my plugs? I had no, that, that, I mean, going it out. could have carbon built on the plugs, but that's not going to make a rattling noise after it warms up. 
Now, the Cali converter is a definite possibility because when they warm up, the shell kind of expands, and that's when the element will start to rattle. That ought to be pretty easy to find just by crawling under the car. Blake, you can wait till it cools off, particularly if you can get it up in the air. And normally, you just take your fist and just kind of tap on You'll hear it clank, clank. When you tap it, you'll hear it rattling. Yeah, like rocks or something. Uh-huh. Right. It, it, it does it with the car sitting still? What say? It'll do it with the car sitting still, just sitting there idling? No, it don't do it when it's island. It's only when you accelerate. Only on acceleration. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't affect... Does the car have to be moving, or can it do it sitting still if you accelerate? No, it don't do it when it's uh, sitting still at all. Well, now, it only does it when you're moving. Mm-hmm. And does it seem to be affected by bumps in the road or anything like that? No, that doesn't affect it at all. Okay, it, but accelerating it, brings it on. Accelerating uh, brings it on. Man, and, I believe uh, you probably... It, it still could be the catalytic converter... Uh-huh. But you should be able to get to do it just sitting there kind of bracing the motor up in the driveway. Mm-hmm. It could also be like a shield or something under the car that's loose and rattling. Mm-hmm. The way you're going to have to find that, Blake, is to take it to someone and ask that the technician ride with you in the car. Okay. And if you came to Agco, we're going to put you in the car with Brian. Brian's going to go ride. You show him exactly what you're doing and say, there it is. Mm-hmm. Then he's going to take it around. He's got a series of microphones he can hook underneath the car. Okay. And we've got a set of headphones and a rotary switch. So I can sit there and listen to each mic until I zero in. Then I'll go back, move them around mm-hmm. to the area where the first noise heard. And by doing that, we can locate the noise fairly quickly. Oh, okay. And guarantee that we're going to fix the problem. But that's mm-hmm. the way you're going to have to go about doing it because if you can't duplicate it sitting still, mm-hmm. it's not going to be anything you're going to be able to do. Because right. you, you can't be in the car making it do it and crawl under there while it's rolling down the road. <laughs> no, that's so you're going to have to have someone who's got the equipment to find that kind of stuff. And the more experience they have locating noises, the faster mm-hmm. they're going to go to it, which is cheaper for you. Right, right. And we've got a good deal of experience doing that. That's kind of what Brian does all day long. So. Oh, okay. And I got one other quick question. Sure, go ahead. On the same car, uh huh. Let's see when it gets heated up, and you go out there and crank it, mm-hmm. and it cranks up, and then it kills. Cranks up, then it kills, and then all of a sudden it catches up. Does that mean those injectors need flushing? No, absolutely not. Injectors do not ever need to be flushed for the most part because if you're using any kind of decent grade of gasoline, they're going to self-clean. Mm-hmm. And even when they do plug up all you're going to get is a rough idle out of it mm-hmm. that is more likely going to be something like either a bad idle servo in mm-hmm. the throttle body that's not controlling idle properly it could be i mean it could be a number of things like you said if it hasn't been tuned up in quite a while it could even be a set of bad plugs and wires that are just making it idle so rough that it's dying mm-hmm. what you might try blake is next time it does that just take it put your foot on the gas pedal lightly and see if you can keep it running mm-hmm. now if you can keep it running by giving it a little throttle you're more likely into an idle problem it's not idling Okay. If it won't run even with the foot on the accelerator, then you end up something like a sensor that's dropping out where it's losing spark or it's losing fuel or something like that. So that one little test will narrow that down for you considerably. All right. All righty. Okay, I appreciate it. Okay, Blake, thanks, man. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. All right, 499-9526 number if you want to be part of the automotive hour. And we've got Jerry online. Good morning, Jerry. Hey, good morning. How are you? Doing great, sir. Good morning. Good. Listen, i got a question I need some help with. Sure. I'm looking at a 2007 Honda Accord okay. EXL. Uh-huh. And when I test drive this car, I believe it's a five-speed transmission. Yes, sir. And when I start off, when it's going from first to second to third, I have a little hesitation in the transmission. 
that part 42,000 miles on Yeah, that's not ever good, Jerry. Honda had a lot of trouble with their transmissions, but for the most part, by 2004, mm-hmm. that was all worked out. A 2007 shouldn't really have that kind of issue, but you just don't know the history of the car. If someone got stuck in the mud and sit there and slammed it back and forth from reverse to drive, they could have torn up even a transmission with 40,000 miles. There's other things that can feel like a transmission that really aren't. And because those cars are geared so high to try to get good fuel mileage, when you're going 35, 40 miles an hour, if you look at the tack, you're barely over an idle. So something like a bad ignition coil or a dirty airflow meter can give you a little hesitation that will feel just like a transmission, but it's actually an engine running problem. And it's just the engine's running so slow that you really can't tell. What you can do is watch the tachometer as you drive. And if the tachometer jumps up, relative to the speed of the car. Words, the speed of the car doesn't increase, but the tack jumps up at each one of those intervals. You're probably into a transmission issue. If the tachometer does not jump up, even though it may feel like the trans is slipping, it's probably not. It's more likely going to be an engine running problem. Well, if, would the drivetrain warranty cover the transmission on this? I don't know what the warranty is on that one. I know 336 is standard, but it may have a longer one on the powertrain. I'd certainly ask and see. Some of them, like a lot of your Toyotas, have a 50,000-mile warranty on powertrain. I'm not sure on Honda, but if you look in the owner's manual, it should tell you. Or you could probably call any Honda dealer and give them the VIN number off the car, and they can tell you. Well, in your experience, are these, I've never owned a Honda. Are Mm -hmm. these well-made cars? Yes, sir. Very well-made. We don't have much trouble out of them at all. From 1998 to 2003, they had transmission issues. They did extend the warranty all the way out to 107,000 miles, which is pretty good of them. But those cars had some transmission problems. But by 2004, they really had most of that worked out. And we haven't seen much problems with the newer ones. The dealership tells me that that transmission should be serviced every 30,000 miles. That's a very good idea. Yes, sir. Okay, and this individual has never serviced that transmission. Well, he's past due, but again, a trans service on that is very simple. Jerry, it's got a drain plug on it. The way a Honda's made, there is no pan on the transmission, so you can't get to the filter. It's built inside the transmission. But all you have to do is take that plug out. You drain out three quarts of fluid, or three and a half, depending on the model. Fill it with the right fluid. Now, it does take a special Honda-only fluid. You refill it, which is really easy to pour it right down the dipstick tube. Go drive it for about 10 minutes, come back and do it again. You do that twice, that's how you service it. So okay. if, if you're even remotely handy, you can do that yourself. If not, you can bring it to us and we do it for you for a minimum charge. But just you have to buy the fluid from the Honda place, or we buy it from the Honda place and have it on hand for you. Okay, what could I do to see if that is a transmission problem? By well, I'll tell you, hold on, Jerry, because i got a break coming up. If you can hold through the break, I'll be glad to answer that for you. I appreciate hey, it. Hey, we got to take a quick little break. We'll be right back with more on the Automotive Hour. For more details on an alien aircraft that landed in North America, we go to a press conference with General Toms. We have been able to communicate with the aliens using a special intergalactic code, and they are an inquisitive bunch. Uh, questions like, uh, is Carrot Top an android? Um, why are those birds so angry? Uh, and uh, who actually did put the bop in the bop shoe bop shoe bop? Sir, is it true they asked for a tow to Agco Automotive, the leader in car maintenance and repair? Yes, they actually explained to me about Agco and having repairs done for the overall lowest cost. They learned it all online at agcoauto.com. That's A G C O A U T O.com. It seems like across the universe, everyone knows that Agco is the place to go. 
Did they seek any more information? Yes, they were curious to know the mysteries of the turducken. Sir, I've often pondered those myself. Hey, welcome back. Please join us the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alexander, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, Between Tools, try to answer any automotive questions you might have. And just before the break, we're on line with Jerry. And Jerry, I think your question was, how can you tell if you got a transmission problem? One very simple thing that you can do yourself, and this is not a end-all, know-all, but it's give you a pretty good idea. Just pull the dipstick on the transmission. It'll be right there on the left-hand side, low down in the front of the car. Usually with a yellow handle. Yellow handle. Top on it. On it. And pull that stick out, get your piece of white paper, and drop the fluid on that white paper and look at it. If it is reddish pink, then that is going to be pretty good indication you probably don't have too much of a problem. Now, if it is black and it kind of separates, in other words, you got like a greasy spot in the middle and it separates out and got like a black ring around it, now you probably got transmission problems. Now, you can go on my website and there's actually a chart that shows you what color fluid is supposed to be and what indicates a problem and what doesn't. Just type in transmission fluid or something. It'll bring it up for you. That will help you. But that's the easiest thing you could do yourself. Now, yeah, beyond you that, this. you're going to have to put a pressure gauge on it, which you're not going to have the wherewithal to do. Okay. Let me ask you this. Last week, you spoke about a general inspection yes, on sir. an automobile. Yes. yes, sir. What kind of charge would we have on this Honda Accord to do that? It's going to run about $88 because we charge $88 an hour. It takes right about an hour to do it. Okay. All right. You got it, guys. I'm, I'm going to go right. back and drive that car again yeah. today, and I may just call and make an appointment with Wouldn't you Wouldn't be a bad week. idea. In fact, on that one, if you hadn't bought the car yet, Jerry, we got another service we call a pre-purchase inspection, which is a little different from a general inspection because we're looking for other things. General inspection, you own the car, so you know it hadn't been flooded. You know it hadn't been wrecked. You know all this kind of stuff. But when okay. you're buying a car, we're going to look more for that kind of stuff also instead of just looking for the general stuff that you know the car is good and you're just looking for problems that might exist. And that check could, could run anywhere between a half hour to an hour depending on what right. we find if i get in there and i find that it's been hit in the front and repaired or Badly. it's been flooded right we're gonna stop right there right that so is, it's not gonna cost you a whole hour to get that ironically check. the worse the car is the less it costs the less it costs <laughs> because it's not gonna take you very long to determine you don't want this right okay you know, if and i jack it up it's been cut in half welded together we're gonna stop right there <laughs> okay. and do it the same way book the appointment and if i can get this gentleman to give me that car i would need that for about an hour or so Yes, sir. You could do that, and a lot of times they're not going to want to relinquish the car to you, but you maybe get the owner to bring it in. And if you want to do a waiting appointment, you need to do that either at 7 in the morning or 12 noon because that's two times we can do waiting appointments, either when we get back from lunch or first thing when we start. Okay. All right. All right. I appreciate it, guys. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. I four nine 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 five two six number. If you want to be part of the automotive hour, we have got Joseph Spin patiently holding. Good morning, Joseph. Hey, fellas. How y'all doing? Doing great, sir. I've got a couple of simple questions. Uh, I have a 97 Expedition. Uh-huh. Every time I hit a bump, it makes all kind of rattling noise. Uh-huh. I kind of looked it up on the Internet. Something about shock mounts may, may be coming loose. Uh, one what possibility, but that's probably not my first choice. Be in links or yeah. sway bar yeah. mount. The number one thing we do on those, Joseph, is what they call the sway bar in links. It's a little link that hooks the sway bar back to the lower control arm. and They are absolutely notorious for going out relatively inexpensive to fix the way we would diagnose it is just temporarily disconnect them and go drive the car and see if the noise is gone so fairly simple fine on that one also the ball joints if you look under there and the boots have deteriorated and gone away the ball joints will do that and on a ford they can't be greased with the original joints so they dry out they rust up and they start making a lot of noise like that 
Now, of course, shock mounts can do it, but right. that's kind of something we don't see a whole lot. And these other things are stuff we see every single day. Now, if you've had the shocks changed on it once uh -huh. already and you don't no, have the original shocks, yeah. it's very possible that yeah, the shocks are making noise. see that a lot on aftermarket shocks or where someone put the shocks on didn't tighten them down properly. We get that. But with the factory shocks, we don't see much problem with the shock mounts. Oh, okay, so it's a sway bar problem. Y'all could adjust that or disconnect it. And that you, would be, uh, well, you replace the end links. You disconnect it to diagnose the problem. You disconnect the noise gone. You know that's what it is, and you just replace the two end links. And really? is that expensive or? Not too much. No. It's probably an hour's labor to do both of them. The parts are probably 75 80 bucks per side. Okay. Be less. And, oh, thank you, fellas. And one more quick one. Uh -huh. Every time I come to a stop sign, red light, and accelerate, a little catch, uh, a little hesitation before uh, it engages. I don't think it's a transmission. It's probably not. Most of the time on those vehicles, Joseph, that is going to be the airflow meter is kind of dirty. And it gives you a little bog, almost like a carburetor when the accelerator pump was bad in it. You just get like a little bog, and then it goes. Right. Uh, most time, we can clean the airflow meter and get that out. Now, Ford says you can't clean an airflow meter. you got to change it. But they're in the business selling $400 airflow meters. I've cleaned thousands of them, and had you know, it takes like a half hour of labor to clean it. And that almost always clears that problem up. Generally, if a transmission slip, it's going to slip under load, and it's not going to go away. It's going to always do it. It's not going to it's quit a minimal, It's a minimal slip, so, yeah, I, I didn't think it'd be the transmission. No. I'll tell you what you do. Just watch the tachometer when it occurs. If the tack jumps up and the car doesn't move, then you're into a transmission problem. If the tack doesn't right. jump up, then you're into some kind of engine running problem. Excellent. All right. You guys have been very helpful. Thank, Thank you, sir. Thank Bye -bye. you. Mm -hmm. All right, 499-9526. Number, if you want to part of the automotive file, we would love to have you. We got John's been patiently holding. Good morning, John. My daughter has a 04 Navigator. Uh-huh. They were on the road yesterday, and she said the air suspension and the air conditioner quit at the same time. Okay. I'm thinking fuse or belt or something. What, what? Yeah, probably not a fuse. The fuse would be an individual fuse. There's individual fuse for those, so the fact that both of them would have blown at the same time would be kind of bizarre. Let me think for a second. Is air suspension air and AC went off. cooling, yeah. The fan still works, but the... Compressor quit, apparently. Man, there's two, two different relays for those, so it wouldn't be right, a relay. Those two systems are not inner. Yeah, I would need to see that one, John. It could be a wire or something that broke, like one of the main power wires that goes in. That yeah. feed. I just have to look at a wiring diagram. It recently had a new transmission put in it, and I'm thinking maybe somebody uh, could have bumped the wire loose or something. Because yeah, when they did that, you know, it's easy to you got a transmission out, there's a big harness there, and possibly that harness didn't get plugged together quite right. Right. Now, one other possibility, does it have a voltmeter in the car or just a light? I couldn't tell you. Look and see if it's got a voltmeter, and if it does, look at the system voltage and make sure it's up around 13 and a half or so. Okay. A lot of times on a Ford, if the alternator starts to go out and the system voltage gets low, and as it drops down around 12 or 11 and a half, Mm -hmm. It'll still start just perfectly because 10.5 volts will crank it. But right. what will happen, the computers will start shutting down. And it'll start flagging ABS codes. It may flag an air suspension code. It may flag the – it may shut the air conditioner down. That is fairly common on Ford products. So it okay. could be something that's totally – it doesn't look like it's related at all. Right. If you got good voltage in the system, like up around 13 and a half, 14 volts, then I'd probably get it in. As long as the lights are on, I can find that really quick. That's not okay. going to take long to diagnose. Okay. All righty. Give me a place to start. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. All right, 499-9526 number. If you want to be part of the automotive hour, we would love to have you. And we got Steve online. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Louis. How you guys doing? Doing great, sir. Good morning. 
Great. I have a question. I have an 08 Chevy Impala, and yes. I'm sure you've heard of this, where the tires on the front wear out on the inside uh-huh. way pre- prematurely. And I've heard that Chevy uh, division has recalled all of the police cars, but not the public cars. Uh-huh. What do you, uh, are you familiar with that, and what can I do to fix that? What, what do I need to do, and what do you think that might take off? I've seen quite a few of them do that, Steve. I tell you, they have a lot of trouble with the outer tie rods wearing out at real low mileage on those cars. We're seeing those wear out around forty to 45,000 miles. That's where I am. And when the tie rods wear out, it allows the toe to change. There's a relationship of the front of the tire to the back of the tire changes, so the tires are pointed out away from each other when you're going down the road. Mm-hmm. Now, that's going to wear the rubber off the inside of the tire real fast. Real easy to find, Steve. Jack it up, grab the tire at like 3 o'clock and 9 o'clock, okay. and just give it a little bit of a shake. And if it wobbles and shakes, and you look up, you can see the tire rod. You see that ball stud moving. The outer tire rods are bad. Okay. We replace it with a Moog replacement part. We don't use the GM part because I just don't like it. The Moog parts are much better. But even with Moog, you got to watch because there's two lines of parts. They've got the true show enough Moog, and then they got the junk Chinese knockoff Moog that they'll sell you in a box at some parts store. So you got to be a little careful with that. But if that's what it is, you just change two tire rods, realign the front end. Of course, you're going to have to put a couple tires on it, but that'll, that should cure your problem. Okay. All right. All righty. Okay. Thank you. I really right. appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Bye bye. Hi, four nine 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 five two six number. If you are part of the automotive hour, we were seeing that quite frequently for a while. A yeah. lot of the GM products, the Buick LeSabre seemed to have that problem. It seemed to be that body line. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I the think Impala, but a W body. I'm not remember. sure what the designation is on that one. I don't remember what body one. it is, but they were through the GM line. Yeah, even on my Park Avenue, I think I had to put a we put tire rods couple on. out of tire rods on it. Sure not did. Fairly low mileage, and I mean, it's always had good tires on it and been taken good care of. But every once in a while, they get a vendor who either they hammer him down too low and he retaliates by giving them a junk part, <laughs> or they shop and find the cheapest junk they can find. Right. For the most part, original equipment parts are pretty decent, but... Occasionally, they'll get some boneheaded stuff like this, and when they do, almost every one of that particular model will see that problem. Right. There ought to be some kind of something remedy. You could do. Well, there ought to be something you could do about it. Yeah, there ought to be some kind of remedy. They really ought to stand up and, like a man and say, hey, right. look, you like, know, we, we screwed this, up here. Right. We'll We're change them cover. out for you free. But, man, that almost exactly. never happens. If it's not literally a danger where the wheel's going to fall off and the Highway Traffic Safety Administration makes them do something, they're not they're too not often. They're not going to do it. Yeah, they're not going to really do a whole lot for you. Let's go back to our phone lines. Mark, good morning, Mark. Good morning, sir. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Good morning. I have a 1997 Infiniti i30. Okay. I'm in the middle of changing out the struts. Uh huh. Pro- problem I have is the top bushing on yeah. the, one of the struts Strut is mount. Complete, completely shot. Yeah, that's right. almost always the problem, Mark. In fact, a lot of people change struts for no reason because they're making a knock and bump in order. They think it's a strut, but it's almost always the mount. All now, right. there's a rubber mount, and there's also a bearing inside of that mount. Right. And you need to change both of those. Another tip for you not to add more fuel to the fire, but you know that accordion-shaped boot that goes over the shaft of the strut? Yep. It may be there. It may not be because they deteriorate and fall off, and there's a rubber jounce bumper that goes over the shaft of the strut. Right. If, if you don't replace those, you could be back doing this job again in a year or two <laughs> because that boot protects grit and grind from getting on the shaft. Any grit and grind that gets on that shaft is forced down into that seal and cuts the seal and they start leaking real fast. So you're going to need strut mounts. You're going to need bearings. You're going to need boots and jounce bumpers. And all that stuff is not terribly expensive, but it all adds up. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm fully aware of that. Mm -hmm. My problem is, is though, uh, that bushing is so shot, it's allowing the shaft to rotate and I can't undo the nut. 
Yeah, you're right. going to need an impact wrench or something that turns real fast, and what you would do is put it on just bump, 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 and it'll eventually come right on off. If you don't okay. have that, some of them have a slot in the top where you can put a screwdriver. Some of them have or a, hex. a Torx uh, fitting Torx in the top, fitting. or some of them are actually topped with a Allen fitting, a standard nut. Yeah. So, but uh, you, something where you can hold a shaft. Now, if you're sure you're going to replace struts, kind of a down and dirty way you can do it. You can get a pair of vice grips and just grab the strut from underneath. It's going to tear that strut up. So be yeah. sure you want to change it before you do that. Right. But I have seen yeah. where you can put a pair of vice grips, or even a pipe wrench on the shaft, and then that way you can unscrew and the nut. And then putting the new ones back in, you're going to run into the same problem trying to tighten the nut up. Right. So you got to have well, some way to hold a shaft. The shaft has got a has got a flat on one side of it, and it looks like that. The, the, uh, okay, okay, yeah, holds it in place. Right, well, yeah, right. that is a, a Nissan Infinity product, and yep. what it does is it locates the shaft to the strut top. Right, and when the rubber breaks, it's you're right, it spins, it, it with, spins it. with it. Mm -hmm. The new one yep. will be bonded. Yeah, so it'll tighten. So you should be able to tighten it as long as you can hold the top plate steel right you should be able to tighten the nut back up when you put it back together right because those pieces are going to be bonded together yeah all right well it sounds like what i need to do is go borrow my buddy's impact wrench then <laughs> that makes it easy because you can spin it fast and the shaft will spin if you sit there and hold down on it'll just spin but if you bump 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 the inertia of the shaft will hold it still long enough for it to it'll eventually come right on off if you keep spinning it if you just hold the impact on it and spin it yeah you'll yeah. eventually tear the seal and everything up inside the strut right so you don't so do you that. just want to bump it like lewis right, was saying I yeah, follow. Well, I've got the new strut laying here on the ground ready to go in, so I'm okay. not worried about the old one. Right. Well, then put a pair of ice grips yeah, on Yeah, you can do that, and that'll do it. I'll try it. Thanks All right, sir. man. All right, Thank sir. you. Bye-bye. All right, 499-9526, a number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we'd love to have you. And we've got Judy online. Good morning, Judy. Good morning, Lewis. Yes. I have a 2006 Acura. Okay. In the X. Mm -hmm. And for several months, it seems like when I stop, mm -hmm. it kind of squeaks. Okay. It's, it's almost like a seat is squeaking or something, but I just can't figure out what this is. Well, let me ask you a couple of questions, Judy. It does it when you apply the brake? Yeah. Does it sound like the brakes themselves squeaking or it sound no, like something else is squeaking? It, it sounds like something else. Yes, ma'am. See, what will happen when you apply the brakes, the weight of the car wants to keep moving and the wheel wants to stop. So right. anything that attaches those two, like the bushings and the shocks, is going to move. And so anything like a bad bushing or a bad strut mount or anything like that is going to give you a squeak, and it's going to be when you hit the brake, and it may even be when you let off again. But that's going to be something loose in the front suspension, either a part that's worn or damaged. If you've had any work done on the car, you might want to go back and have them recheck that because the number one cause of that is somebody leaving something loose when they're working well, on the no, car. Well, we really never have had any work done on this car. Well, it could vary. How many miles are on it? 34,000. Yeah, low miles. And yeah. what year model was it? It's 07? Uh, 2006. Yeah, so it's not that old. Uh -uh. It could be a rubber bushing or something that has gone bad. That does happen even at that low mileage. It could be a front shock or something. What you yeah. might want to try just as a diagnostic procedure is get someone. You're probably not big enough to do it yourself, but get somebody with a little weight on them. Let them go out there, put their knee on the bumper, and kind of push down each corner of the car. Mm -hmm. and see if you can duplicate the squeak. And 
because when the car moves up and down, when you jounce it, it may also make the noise. If it does, then you can kind of put your fingers on there and touch a few parts. You can kind of hear, feel where it's coming from. Uh-huh. My uh, husband kind of tried doing that uh-huh. because I was thinking maybe it was the shock. Yeah, and if cannot be duplicated doing that, then more likely it's going to be a bushing or something that's shifting under load. You've yeah. you got to have the weight of the car pushing against it. And Lewis said earlier, I don't, you know, if you have to take it somewhere, mm-hmm. ask for the technician to ride with you. Mm-hmm. So you can show him, this is the right. noise I won't fit. Yeah, point it that's out to I him. Was, well, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to come by to your place. Uh-huh. Yes, ma'am. But the, when I tried to make an appointment, she said, we just need to leave the car. Yes, ma'am. But I feel like I need to be with the technician. Well, they're going to let you ride with the tech when you drop it off, but then you need to leave it for them to check it and find the problem. Okay. But yeah, they, they'll definitely make arrangements to where he, Brian can go ride with you when you, when well, you drop it off. Well, if I wanted to, what would be a good time? I know I can't come early in the morning because I have to be at work Yeah, just eight. give Elaine a call. She can handle all that old phone for okay, you. Okay, okay. All right, okay. dude. Thank you, Lewis. Thank you, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, we've got to take one more quick little break. Be right back with more. There are reports of alien aircraft landing across the nation. For more, we go to field reporter Jack McClinn. Dave, the alien ship has malfunctioned, and they're actually communicating with General Toms via intergalactic code. I see. Your ship is broken down. You want to be taken to our leader, the president? Oh, to Agco Automotive, the leader in car maintenance and repair, where they don't just work on cars, they fix them. Sir, he's correct. You can trust the the honest, knowledgeable team at AGCO to do the job right. Sergeant, it looks like we're dealing with some highly evolved life form. Dave, I'll sign off for now, but it seems that across the universe, everyone knows that AGCO is the place to go. And if you want to learn more, go to agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Wait, there's another question. What is it, General? Well, they heard Demi Moore's back on the market and won her phone number. Like you said, a highly evolved life form. Welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, president of AgCo Automotive. Got our lead tech, Mr. Brian Terry, right here in the co-pilot seat. Hey, between the two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go give us a call? It's 499-9526. Still got a few minutes left. And That's right. A few minutes left to answer your questions. That's Charlie. right. We talking to Judy just a second ago and what she was mentioning about driving with the tech. Almost any shop is going to be able to allow you to do that. And certainly if they can't, I wouldn't go there. I'd find someone else because no matter how well you explain a problem to the service rider it may not get relayed exactly as well as what you can demonstrate it to the technician of course you got firsthand the customer to the guy that's going to work on the car Mm -hmm. there's no middleman there that's right the customer can point out this is what i'm looking for Mm -hmm. the technician may get in the car and hear 15 rattles that's right and the customer only really Knows about the all 15, but she's only really worried about one. Well, the other 14 may have been there since the day the car was bought. They don't bother, and they're not getting any worse, so she's not worried about it. She doesn't, exactly. even, doesn't hear them anymore because exactly. it's, just, it's part of the car. But a technician getting into someone else's vehicle, mm-hmm. he's listening for everything. He's going to hear everything. And another good point is that almost any good shop is going to stay very, very busy, and it takes time to find these kinds of things. So it's not something they can be able to do while you wait on it. Right. But what most people do, like we do, when you come in, you make your appointment. When you come get checked in, you just tell them you want to ride with a tech. They're going to pull somebody, let them go and ride with you. They're going to shoot the noise. Then they're going to go ahead back to what they were doing before. When your turn comes and the time is available, then they'll go back to this car and work on it until they finish it. But all 
better shops are going to stay very, very busy and they have to schedule their time. They can't just drop and go work on one car because at any given time, we may have 20 cars in process. Oh, any time. Any one time. So what we can't do is just stop and go work on this car at a certain time unless you want to make an appointment for 7 in the morning because that's the first car we do. Uh-huh. Now, if you're there at 7, yeah, I know exactly when I'm going to start on this car. Right. But if you're there at 7.15, well, there's 20 more cars in there. And mm-hmm. I don't know what exact point, and it's not fair to a person whose car you're working on to pull them off to go work on this one. Another thing we do is at noon, we set up some waiting appointments because that's when we come back from lunch. So we can start immediately on this car. But it's not fair to the other folks in the shop if you're working on their car to stop someone in the middle of a job and expecting to go work on this. Just most shops are not going to operate that way. The right. ones that do, you don't want to go to. Exactly. Because <laughs> they're going to have a whole lot of problems. So let's go back to our phones. Donald, good morning, Donald. Yeah, Steve, if you could help me, please. Yeah. My son has a 2006 Toyota Corolla. Uh-huh. And it's gotten out where three of the doors, when you eat the clicker for the door lock, or even in the car if you push the door lock, the uh-huh. automatic door lock thing, three of the doors will not unlock. So yes. you got to manually Let uh, me ask you this, Donald. Which three doors is it? It's the front left, driver left, and front front right. Driver's door yes, won't sir. work either? No, sir. Okay, most likely they went out one at a time, and there's one went out, then another one went out, another one went out? That, yes. Yeah, that's there's a part in there called a door lock actuator. Okay. And basically what it is, a little stepper motor that when you hit the remote, it sends a signal, grounds a relay, and this little stepper motor pulls that latch down or pushes it back up. Okay. And in almost every case, those little stepper motors have failed. They are fairly problematic parts on every car. I'm not going to say Toyota's any worse than any other, but on most cars, by the time they get a few miles or a few years on, they'll start going out. They just don't hardly ever last the life of the car. Okay. And not too big a deal. It's about an hour's labor to change them. Some of them can be fairly pricey, so what you'd want to do is bring it in, verify that is the problem, and then get an exact estimate of what it's going to cost to replace them. And you may elect to only change the driver's door because the price is too high. You can get by without the back right. doors for the most part. But the driver's okay. door is an awful nice one to have working. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. All righty. I appreciate your time. Okay, Thank Donald, you, thanks, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to try to squeeze one more car in, <laughs> one, one more, more car. call in before we get out of here. Eddie, hey, what can we hey, do for you? This morning? Good, Good, great, sir. I got a 2008 Chevy Silverado pickup. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. And look, the temperature indicator always drops off to zero when it gets kind of cool. Uh-huh. It kicks both fans on, and the indicator says that I got a, uh, the engine's hot and turn the air conditioner off. Okay. Most likely, that's going to be the sender unit, I would think. It's not actually hot, and it doesn't feel like it's no, actually hot. No, it doesn't. It, it's not hot, and the, both fans you keep running, and I, I, I still run a truck and stuff like that. But it's, yeah. It's, it's, there's a part in there called a temperature sender unit, and uh-huh. most likely it's bad. It's sending a signal that it's hot when it isn't. Yeah. There's a small possibility there's a little module that controls the fans they can go out but that generally won't make the gauge go up okay so i'm saying probably engine temperature sender and okay not a real big deal just screws in changing about 20 30 minutes and probably not too expensive apart all right thank all right thank you very much okay eddie thanks okay. for calling man bye-bye all right well i tell you we have just about squandered another whole good hour that's it got a lot of good questions answered. boy we did we had a ton of calls today which is really really good we like that then we don't have to sit there and jack our jaw between ourselves <laughs> <laughs> which gets rather boring after just a uh, little while a few minutes yeah that's right hey i'll tell everybody how much we appreciate them listening this morning and every saturday morning on automotive hour and like to thank all our podcasters for listening this week and every week and tell your friends so we can get some more people listening and 
do us a, a big favor and go to iTunes and give us a rating. Yeah, if you rate us on iTunes, give us a written rating, that is going to actually move us up in the rating so that they're going to put us up higher on the list where more people will find us. Right. Another thing that you can do that really, really helps, we appreciate it, is if you subscribe to the show. Uh-huh. Now, when you subscribe, it just automatically downloads the show for you every week, and if you plug your iPad in on iTunes, it'll automatically download to that. Great. But even if you don't, if you just subscribe, it and will definitely give us a big boost, and you we can, really appreciate that. You can subscribe right from the site? You can subscribe from iTunes. You have to go to iTunes. Uh-huh. We sure appreciate it if you do that for us. And we want to tell everybody how much we appreciate them calling. Preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.